அலமதுல்லாஹிம் من لزم الاستغفار جعل الله له من كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل هم فرجا ورزقه من حيث لا يحتسب او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسس فكر علماء الكرام برزن الدرس دس دنيا از ا فيري تيمبرري بليس and the abode of akhirat is in front of every single person in the akhirat there is jannat also and there is also jahannam allah taala has described jannat in detail in the quran sharif has also described jahannam in detail in the quran sharif the bounties of jannat have been described in various surahs of the quran sharif what allah taala has in store for the true believers for his pious servants and allah forbid the person ends up in jahannam then what are the torments what are the difficulties what are the hardships of jahannam all this has been mentioned as well in jannat jannat is a place of only happiness only joy only pleasure Jannat is a place where there isn't even the thought of any kind of difficulty. Jahannam is the total opposite. Jahannam, there isn't even an iota of any happiness, iota of any peace, of any comfort, of any rest. It is only torment, it is only hardship, it is only difficulty. it is only a person being in the worst kind of calamity in jahannam allah taala has described many things about jahannam jahannam also is a place where like in dunya a person feels hungry he feels thirsty jahannam also there'll be hunger there'll be extreme hunger there'll be extreme thirst but unlike dunya the dunya even the person who is extremely hungry because he has no food to eat and eventually somebody gives him something it might be a dry piece of bread but that too is something that he appreciates he feels a lot of pleasure in eating that dry bread also he might dip it in water and eat because that satiates him that too will cool his hunger so though under normal circumstances he might find it very difficult to eat that dry bread but in a condition of extreme hunger and even that tastes good for him that also tastes fine he is very appreciative even of that and unfortunately this is the situation that to the extent that a person is enjoying the nemas of allah taala to that extent he takes it for granted sometimes that he is enjoying all the bounties of allah taala so sometimes that a person forgets 
these are all bounties of Allah Ta'ala which I have been blessed with without deserving a single bit of it. And because it's in abundance, Allah Ta'ala has made it easy, we start taking it for granted. And because we start taking it for granted, we start abusing it also. Instead of using it correctly for ourselves, for our families, for others. But in an abundance, person starts forgetting that this is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, Allah Ta'ala's gift. So he starts misusing it, starts abusing it. That is a very, very dangerous situation that a person abuses, misuses the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. This falls under the ambit of this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ وَلَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ that if you are grateful for my na'mads, Allah Ta'ala says, I will increase it. But if you are ungrateful, ungrateful in which way? That it is now being misused, it is being abused, it is being used against the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala warns, inna azabi la shadeed. My punishment then is very severe. So dunya in any case, a person who is in extreme hunger, in that condition, that dry bread also is better than sometimes tastes better than somebody else who's got enough food to eat what is biryani might taste this person the dry bread might taste better than that for him because in hunger everything tastes nice but in jahannam that extreme hunger that extreme thirst when the person feels that extreme thirst he's not going to be given cool water to drink there the thirst it will be the boiling water of jahannam it will be the pus and the blood of the Jahannamis. The pus of the people of Jahannam will be given to him to drink. Can we imagine? That he will be battling to gulp it. Like a person who is uh, having to drink something extremely bitter, some very bitter medicine. Now that bitter medicine, he has to drink it now. He can't avoid it. But how does he drink it now? It's so bitter. So now he's battling to take one sip at a time and battling to gulp it down. And that too is not going in yet. It's trying to more come out than going in. That is the kind of description that is being given. But the reality we can never imagine. makan. And he will see death coming from every direction. In other words, every calamity that will be now approaching him, each one will be such that had it come to somebody in dunya, it would have killed him. He would think that this is now, this one is coming, this is going to kill me. But Allah Ta'ala says that The Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that he will not die that death won't come also. Whereas if death came away there, that would have been the greatest relief for him. But neither will death come. And after this is even a more severe punishment. Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us from the torments of Jahannam, from ever being taken close to Jahannam. So on the one hand is this this is just a very, very small glimpse. 
of this very terrifying scene of Jahannam, in the Ahadith there's very detailed description about what the torments of Jahannam are. But nevertheless, there's the other abode of Jannat also. So while this Jahannam is there, but the abode of Jannat is for the believers, for those who obey Allah Ta'ala. That place which Allah Ta'ala says in the Hadith Qudsi, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ I have prepared for my pious servants, my obedient servants, my righteous servants. مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ Such bounties, such great ni'mads, such wonderful things, which no eye has ever seen. person sometimes sees some scenery, gets carried away. Or he goes to some place, there's some kind of uh, luxuries there, he gets carried away. See some car that is beyond the ordinary normal car, something a little bit more fancy, that catches his eye in such a way, now he gets carried away with it. Some house that is now a little bit beyond the ordinary house, his heart gets attached to it. These perishable things of dunya, yet, despite it being so weak, feeble, perishable, yet it grabs the heart in such a way. Allah Ta'ala is saying, in Jannat is there what no eye has seen. The best of the best things that a person might have seen in dunya is not in comparison to what is in Jannat, not even comparison to a minute fraction. It cannot compare to even a 0,000, maybe 1,000 zeros, 1 million zeros, 1 percent. مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ No ear has heard of. وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ Which no heart has ever imagined, can ever imagine. Now to imagine something, what it takes? person can let his mind just run loose and imagine everything. Allah Ta'ala is saying that you can try and imagine whatever you want. Your imagination will come to an end. The bounties of Jannah start even past that. The bounties of Jannah, your imagination cannot even come close to where the bounties of Jannah start. Your imagination will run dry before that. وَلَا خَسَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ Jannat, Jannat is a place of only happiness, only peace. Jannat is a place where as and when a person desires something that will be immediately granted to him. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ In Jannat, whatever your heart desires, desire and it is there. The Hadith Sharif is explained, the person would be, he'll see a bird flying and he will desire that I should have this bird, meaning the bird prepared and served to me, if it was ready I would have eaten it, bury that desire and that bird would already be prepared and presented for him ready to eat. In that moment, he desires to eat a fruit and it is in front of him. He's already got it. As he desires, Allah Ta'ala will grant it to him. And whatever he asks for, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ Whatever he asks for, immediately it will be granted. In Surah Rahman, Surah Waqi'ah, various surahs, especially in the latter part of the Qur'an Sharif, are filled with the ayat regarding the aspects of Jannat. These are the people who Ashabu al-Yameen, the people of the right hand, those who have been, will be granted the book of deeds in their right hand. 
which, we, which would be the endorsement of these people. That you've got your book of deeds in the right hand, you've passed, you've succeeded, you've got your ticket to Jannat. Ashabul Yameeni ma Ashabul Yameen. Fi Sidrim Mahdood, wa Talhim Mamdood, wa Zillim Mamdood, wa Ma'im Maskoob, wa Fakihatin Kathira, la Maktu'ati wa la Mamnu'a, wa Furushim Marfu'a. All the bounties of Jannat Allah Ta'ala has described. Allah Ta'ala take us to Jannat. But this particular aspect that is mentioned in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, that the Jannat is, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ Whatever you desire in Jannat, what you ask for you'll get. But to get there to Jannat, this is a little place in dunya. This is this little abode of dunya. That in this dunya now, this is the place where a person has to earn that Jannat. How? Jannat is a place where every desire will be fulfilled. Every wish will be granted. The person who in dunya fulfilled what Allah Ta'ala wished him to do. What Allah Ta'ala desired of him to do, he trampled his desires, but didn't trample the command of Allah Ta'ala. He trampled his desires in dunya, so he will get to that abode where every desire of his will be fulfilled. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ Whatever you ask for, you'll be granted. In dunya, what Allah Ta'ala asked of him, that do this, he did it. Don't do this, Allah Ta'ala asked of him to refrain from things, he accepted that, he did it. So now he'll be taken to that abode where whatever he asked for, Allah Ta'ala will grant him. What Allah Ta'ala asked for him to do in dunya, he was ready for it. And in that, there was a slaughtering of desires. In fulfilling what Allah Ta'ala commanded, there was a slaughtering of many desires. In dunya, dunya is such a place where there is all the time slaughtering of desires. People slaughter, forget haram desires. They slaughter many and trample many of their halal desires for the sake of dunya. A person has, his heart has been caught by something now that he must have. And he needs to buy that certain house. So now to buy that house, he doesn't have it, doesn't have the money, doesn't have the means. So now, how to make it happen? He says, okay, I will work overtime. That overtime I'll earn enough in time to buy that house. So now he's working overtime. I'll work in the weekends also. Now he's working in the weekends. Now in working overtime, he's working three hours, two hours, three hours, four hours overtime. The whole weekend is working. So in that, there are many of his desires that are being sacrificed. He desires also to be home now. It's past the normal working time. It's past five o'clock. So he desires to be home now, to be with his family. He's trampling that desire. He desires to be now relaxing, having his meal, but he's trampling that. No, I'm still work, another three hours. He desires now it's a weekend, that he can take the weekend off. He can maybe spend the time with his family. He desires that he can probably go and visit some friends. He desires to go and do some other things. All these are halal desires. All these are halal things. It's not haram. In fact, it is, if it's done with the right near, spending time with the family, giving them some quality time, unfortunately, every person says, no, I'm giving time. What kind of time is giving? That the clock is ticking there in their presence. That's the time he's giving. But he is distant away somewhere. He is on his devices. Allah knows best up to what vices. 
and sometimes in all other futile things, if not in anything haram, and sometimes a person walks in, he walks in talking to the rest of the world, so he hasn't got time to talk to his family because he's talking to somebody while he's walking into. And then he's still talking while he's leaving also. And in between two he's still talking. While he's eating, he's still up to something else, either talking, chatting, whatever else goes on. So he doesn't have any time really for them. The aspect of giving time to one's family is not something that is just some western concept. No, the west doesn't know what's all this about. What can they teach us? This has been taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu Open the books of hadith and you'll see all this. You'll see in the sunnah everything all contained in there. Babu Maja Afis Samar. Nabi Sallallahu at night would have time to sit with his wives. There would be light-hearted conversation. There would be some teaching. There would be some mentioning of incidents of the past which would give them some lesson also. It will be a very interesting situation as well. So all this Nabi Sallallahu taught us. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu gave us this complete code of life. So now this aspect of person giving his family time, etc. So what we are talking about is that we branched off from somewhere. So the person is tempting all these halal desires. He wanted to be at home, he wanted to be having the time with his family, he wanted to be relaxing. But for the sake of that dunya now, he needs to buy that. So in order to buy that, he is ready to trample those halal desires. Halal desires is ready to trample for the house of dunya. But for the abode of akhirat, he is not prepared to trample his haram desires. So just as for that, this dunya is... All the time people are sacrificing their desires. But unfortunately, it's only confined to where there's more dunya. So for dunya's sake, he's trampling his desires. He's trampling the desires, halal desires of others in the process also. That family is also desiring that he should spend time with us. But now in any case, they also now get into that, that well in any case, the more dunya will come. So fine, we'll, we'll go along with it. We'll also sacrifice our desires. He's sacrificing and trampling the desire of his parents. That our child should spend some time with us. Okay, well no man, he has to work double time now. So this is just an example that dunya, people all the time readily are trampling their desires. And trampling, not forget haram desires, trampling halal desires. But unfortunately for dunya only. And when it comes for deen, and it comes for the abode of akhirat, comes for the house of jannat, for the palaces of jannat, then we are not prepared to trample our haram desires. Whereas dunya, in dunya there is both. Jannat is a place of only peace, only happiness. And jahannam is a place of only hardship. Dunya, there is a small fraction of both. And Allah Ta'ala has placed both in here. That a person sometimes tastes some little bit difficulty, tastes some little bit hardship, this makes him ponder and think that this little bit, this is not even, cannot compare to the minutest drop in the ocean compared to the hardship of Jannat, Jahannam. And yet I am so much in difficulty, I cannot risk Therefore, ever going close to Jahannam. So when I can't bear this little bit of a difficulty, I must ensure that those things that lead a person to Jahannam, I must stay far away from it. Allah Ta'ala has placed a little bit of a sample. This can't even be called a sample in reality because it's such a small fraction. A little bit of a sample of what the bounties of Jannat are. But it's nowhere even close to a fraction to the reality. 
that a little bit of the sample of the bounties of Jannah, person Allah Ta'ala has placed the fruits of in dunya, Allah Ta'ala says that وَأُتُوبِهِ مُتَشَابِهَا In Jannah they will be presented fruit, they'll think, oh we ate this in dunya already. But when they eat it, they see this is something totally different. It only outwardly resembles the birds. So in dunya there was a slight, very slight sample of it to give a person a small taste that if you get so carried away with the sweetness of this fruit, with the sweetness of this mango, or the various other ni'mat and bounties you enjoy, whereas this can't compare to the minutest fraction of what the reality of Jannat is. So how desirous you should be of this Jannat, and how much effort you should make to try and achieve it. So this little sample Allah Ta'ala gave us, to make us desirous of Jannat, and to make us afraid of Jahannam. And dunya is a place now where we have to choose which direction we want to take. So dunya, this is that place where the person who keeps trampling those desires, keeps sacrificing and slaughtering those haram desires, then for him is every desire will be fulfilled in Jannat. He'll then move directly to the abode of Jannat and walakum fiha ma tashtahi anfusukum walakum fiha ma taddaun. For you then Jannat is all the things that you desire. Whatever you desire and whatever you ask for. So dunya nevertheless is a mixture of all this. And dunya, Allah Ta'ala has linked it to the asbab. The kind of asbab and means that a person adopts, that is the kind of outcome that he will get. The kind of amal that a person does, that is the end result that will come. So in any case, dunya, dunya there is rahat and there is musibat. There is some comfort and there is hardship also. There is no person in dunya, illa mashallah, some very very rare situation. No person in dunya can ever claim that I have never experienced any discomfort, any kind of hardship or difficulty. Every person in some form or the other. Somebody has got nothing, as a result he is in difficulty. The other person can't sleep at night because he got so much he doesn't know what to do with it. And he's having sleepless nights. Because he doesn't know where to look after it, and he's worried if just now somebody gets to know about it, then what? Now he is having a difficulty of a different type, his sleep is also gone. That person, Bichara, is tossing and turning in hunger, and this person is tossing and turning over too much. Both are tossing and turning, both are in musibat. So dunya is a place where all kinds of things are mixed up. There's some rahat, there's some musibat. But this is dunya, that la in shakartum la azidannakum. The person makes shukr for whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed, Allah Ta'ala will increase that bounty. And the other side is sabr. Dunya is a place of shukr and sabr. The person who lives between shukr and sabr, he'll then cross it ahead. Hazrat Luqman Hakim, some mufassirin of the view that he was a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Whereas others say he wasn't a Nabi, but he was a wali of a very high caliber. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentions him. وَلَقَدْ آتِينَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ he was a slave of a person. This too becomes a test for a person. Allah Ta'ala sometimes tests a person in this way. In any case, he became a slave of somebody. But because of his wonderful qualities, it is qualities that makes a person beloved to others. It is not material things. person cannot buy love. He can buy fear. He can buy fear. Meaning because of wealth, because of authority, he can make people fear him. So in the, his presence, they'll fear him. And out of fear, they'll pretend to respect him. 
So money may be able to buy some fear, but fear is short-lived. And the respect that comes, that, which is not in respect in reality, the pretense of respect that comes out of fear, that is just as long as the person is in front of somebody. After that, behind his back, it's a different story. In front of the person, he'll be using the most respectful titles. And behind his back, he'll be talking about him in the opposite. So that money can buy some fear maybe, temporarily. But it can never buy love. That wealth can never buy love. Love, love is bought, figuratively speaking, love is acquired with qualities. Love is acquired with akhlaq. To the extent of a person's akhlaq, he'll become beloved. He'll become beloved to his near and dear ones. His family will await his arrival home. They won't be now either dreading it, or, well, now this is another whole, whatever chapter. And vice versa also, it was the other way around also. Not a one-sided road. Both sides, both sides need to play their part in making that home a home. Otherwise it just remains a house. It remains a structure. Like there are other inanimate things, immovable things or lifeless things in that home. There are some living beings also just existing in there. That's not a home anymore. But for it to be a home, there needs to be muhabbat. There needs to be love. There needs to be the hearts united. That muhabbat comes with akhlaq. That muhabbat comes with qualities. What kind of qualities does a person display? Whether it is in that home, whether it is outside the home, wherever it is, he becomes beloved to others based on his akhlaq, based on the qualities he has. Not based on the authority he wields. Not based on the wealth that he may have. Not on the bank balance that he may have. Not on the kind of car he drives. Not on the kind of clothes he wears. It's what kind of qualities he has. What kind of akhlaq he displays. So in any case, Luqman being a slave. Slave. But the qualities that he had, he became extremely beloved to the master. So beloved to the master... That the master, if there's anything to eat, the master will call for Luqman first. And he will feed him with his hand. Allah Ta'ala makes this happen too. On the one side, test a person. He made him a slave of somebody. But then showed the dunya that even a slave Allah Ta'ala can put such love in the heart of the master for him. That let alone treating him like a slave and servant, he starts treating his own slave like a king. That he's feeding him with his hand. This is the qualities that makes a person that beloved. So, Luqman one day, somebody, or one melon came. A melon is normally a sweet fruit. So the master cut it up into pieces, called for Luqman. Well, Luqman brings him along, so he's, he's called, he comes. So he seats him next to him. And as was his normal habit, he's feeding him one one piece, putting it in his mouth. And Luqman is eating it with relish. And he's enjoying it. When there were a few pieces left, now this master decided to also have one. He barely put it in his mouth and it was so bitter that he spat it out. And he got a shock. Mom, you were eating this whole, all this while I was putting this in your mouth. And you were eating it with relish, meaning obviously you were just pretending to eat it with relish. This is so bitter, I can't even take a bit of it in my mouth. How, how come? 
You didn't display any kind of, you didn't even tell me anything. Sallallahu Alaihi replied and said, that this hand that has been giving me sweet things all along, once in a while one bitter thing came, with what tongue can I complain about it? All the time I'm getting so many sweet things through this hand, one time something bitter came, but I complain about that. But that's the lesson. That in dunya, dunya is a place of challenge, and that too, dunya is not that kind of place where when some challenge comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala, there's any, uh, this is something that's for our destruction. No, no. When a person, despite obeying Allah Ta'ala, something comes, that too, there's tremendous hikmat of Allah Ta'ala in it. Allah Ta'ala is alimun hakim. Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing, all-wise. Allah Ta'ala has his infinite wisdom in everything. Now the person who is all the time conscious of Allah Ta'ala's na'mat and bounties, so many bounties of Allah Ta'ala, and now something, some little bit difficulty came, must I just now focus all my attention on that and forget all the bounties? And only keep complaining about the difficulty and not make any shukr for the great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala? Yes, whatever has to be done to address the issue, to relieve the situation, to remove the difficulty will be done. We make dua for that too, we'll take active steps to do it, but the heart will be fully content. The heart will be with Allah Ta'ala. The heart will not start becoming restless. Yes, whatever steps have to be taken, that must be taken. Dunya, whether it is a person's personal difficulties, whether it is the collective difficulties of the ummah, of a community, there are certain fundamental steps that a person has to take, the community has to take, the collective has to take, the individual has to take. So a person takes those steps to try and remedy the situation. Unfortunately, the steps that we take are generally only confined to dunya. A person is in a difficulty, so how can he use dunya to undo the damage of dunya? Whereas the starting point is to turn to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is the control of the universe. So to make ruju' ila Allah, to turn in earnestness to Allah Ta'ala, to very very humbly make dua, beg Allah Ta'ala, beg for ourselves, beg for the entire ummah. Unfortunately, our effort in terms of the difficulties of the ummah, our contribution to trying and remedying that situation is merely analyzing news, forwarding something from one end to the other, and just analyzing the news of the day, social media, whatever, that's, that's the sum total of our contribution. But making dua for them, making dua for them after every salah, giving sadaqa on their behalf, that is hardly ever done. Whereas that is the active contribution that we can make. And a very, very great contribution. That is a very great way of relieving our own issues. Silahul mu'mini ad-du'a أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم in the hadith sharif Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم says the weapon of the believer is dua but a person has got a weapon but he doesn't know how to use it so what's going to be the end result of it he must know how to use it dua is the weapon of the believer and such a weapon that nobody can ever snatch away from him a child can come with a weapon but a, 
adult person would just somehow just snatch it out of his hand. So he came with a weapon, what use it is. It can easily be snatched away. A weaker person has got a knife in his hand, got something else in his hand. But a stronger person, just one movement and he just grabs that gone. But dua is such a weapon, cannot be ch- snatched from anybody's hand. His hands are within. And that cannot be snatched away from anybody. By anybody. By any king. Or by anyone. But all it is required is to know how to use this. How to beg Allah Ta'ala. How to turn to Allah Ta'ala. With the sincerity of the heart. Earnestly. Not just in a routine manner. In the darkness of the night. After our salah. At various times. Turning to Allah Ta'ala in sincerity. Begging Allah Ta'ala's mercy. For ourselves. For the entire ummah. So this is required. This is what we have to be doing. وَذَنُّونِ إِذْ ذَهَبَ مُغَادِبًا فَظَنَّ أَلَّا النَّقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ أَلَّا إِلَهِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ Allah Ta'ala mentions about Yunus Ali Salatu Salaam in the Quran Sharif that when he got swallowed in the belly of the fish and now in the darknesses فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ the darkness of the night the darkness of the ocean and the darkness of the belly of the fish can we imagine what darkness that would be? And in this darkness is Fanada, he called out, Fi Zulumat, Allah ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu mina zalimin. It's a very, very effective wird, a wazifa, something to be recited. The Quran Sharif wazifa. But he gives us some wazifa, we have great importance for it. Indeed, whatever is within the, what is from the Quran and Sunnah, what is within the limits of uh, permissibility, fine. But what is in the Quran itself, what can compare to it? Allah Ta'ala is giving this wazifa. Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam called out, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. Allah, there is none worthy of worship but you. You are most pure. I am the one who is the zalim. I have oppressed myself. Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ In Arabic, this fa, ta'qib ma'al wasl. It shows something that happened instantly. Something that was said, the next thing happened immediately thereafter. It happened in the same moment almost. That he made this dua, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ And we answered the dua. And as soon as he made this dua, we answered it and brought him out of the fish. فَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ Allah Ta'ala says, not, this is not confined to Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam. وَكَذَٰلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And likewise we will give relief to the believers. We will give salvation to the believers from their problems and difficulties. But, they need to turn to Allah Ta'ala in all earnestness, in all sincerity, in all uh, deep-hearted dua. This is the aspect to turn to Allah Ta'ala. And Toba, Toba and Istighfar, excessive Toba and Istighfar. Unfortunately, very often, we always look for reasons outside. Why this happened to me? Something happened from outside. And some outside forces are all involved. All these things happen in dunya also. Not that these things are not a reality. All these things also happen in dunya. Sometimes it's outside in terms of somebody else doing something, trying to harm somebody in some way or the other. Sometimes some kind of other issues and whatever else. These things happen in dunya. But more often than not, we have to look inside. In fact, we have to always look inside first. Once there was a drought in Egypt and it was so severe that people were now in a really difficult situation. The Nile started drying up. So people coming to make salat al-istisqa, many times 
no sign of any rain. So eventually they came to Zunnun Misri Rahmatullah Any great Buzrog, pious person, said to him that, please, you make dua for us now. Make dua for the people. Look at what is going on. What a difficulty everybody is in. Animals are dying. People are suffering. The Nile is drying up. So he heard this. Then he, whatever his belongings were there, what belongings he, little bit of things he had, his little bedding, few things, he put it together, picked it up, and he walked away. And he walked out of Egypt. So people came running behind him. What's can't understand what's going on here. People came to you. They came to you to ask for dua. That there's a severe drought. Please make dua. You took your things and walked away. And you're going away. You're leaving the town. How does this tie up? We can't understand all this. What's going on here? So he replied and said, when people came to me and they said that this is the condition, that there's a severe drought, people are dying due to the drought, animals are suffering, etc., whatever. So I then recalled the Hadith Sharif, which says that when people are steeped in sin, Allah Ta'ala will withhold the rains, there will be drought. So I then pondered, and I realized that of all the people, I am the worst one. So when I am the worst one, I am the one that is the most sinful, so then this drought is due to me. So if I go away from here, the rain will come. And that's what happened that when he went away, the rain came. Now, the question will come, was he really, Nauzubillah, so sinful, that he was there, the rain didn't come, when he left, the rain came. No, he was, Allah knows best, but among the greatest awliya of the time. Whether he was the greatest of the time, or whether he was among the greatest, Allah knows best, but universally regarded as among the greatest awliya of the time. The issue was that this absolute humility, truly regarding, despite the rank that he enjoyed, but truly regarding himself as such a lowly person, the worst of everybody, this became so beloved to Allah Ta'ala, this action that happened in utmost sincerity, this humility in utmost sincerity, that became so beloved to Allah Ta'ala, that brought the rains down. That this person, despite his righteousness, despite the good that he has, but yet he has annihilated himself so much. Allah Ta'ala loves this humility. And his action of humility in utmost sincerity, that brought the rains. Meaning the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala came as a result of this. So this is to turn to Allah Ta'ala, and especially in Tawbah, Istighfar, Toba for ourselves and Toba on behalf of the whole Ummad. Asking Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for ourselves and on behalf of the whole Ummad. These are the things that will change our conditions, change the conditions of the Ummad at large. This is what we have to live our lives between, sabr and shukr. The more shukr we make, the more we will be granted those ni'mas and bounties, Allah Ta'ala will increase it. And Allah Ta'ala protects us from all challenges, from all hardships and calamities. But dunya is a place where something or the other keeps happening. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, but sabr is required. And with the shukr and sabr, this is the path to jannat. This is a path where then a person, all those desires that he trampled for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, now the time will come when he'll be in that abode, where, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ Whatever his heart desires he'll get, 
whatever he asks for, he will be granted. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of being forever in his obedience, keeping Allah Ta'ala keep us in, with iman, take us with iman, raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman, and grant us a direct entry into Jannat. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabih Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha 
ஒன்னாவதுபார் ربنا واهتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله وموسم وصف المزغريشس موسكين وصلبك الله إله العالمين يا الله فقيبس يا الله فقيب أولا وبيجد بين السنس يا الله Allah forgive the entire ummah ya Allah forgive the sins of the ummah ya Allah forgive us and every sin every person on this earth ya Allah ilahu alamin make us your obedient servants ya Allah make us your true and loyal servants ya Allah ilahu alamin forgive us all our major and minor sins ya Allah make us like the day we were born ya Allah ilahu alamin remove the pain and hardship of the ummah ya Allah throughout the world wherever the muslims are suffering ya Allah grant them ease and afiyat ya Allah remove their hardships and difficulties ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah Allah, enable us to adopt those asbab and those amal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Save us from all those things that bring down azab, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, ya Allah. Allah, you give us the himmat and the courage, ya Allah. To, ya Allah, trample those haram desires, ya Allah. Allah, you enable us to trample all the evil desires, ya Allah. Allah, you enable us to fulfill whatever you have commanded us to do, ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all the haram, ya Allah. Purify us from all the evils, ya Allah. Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes, ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears and tongue, ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts of every sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, Ya Allah. You grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect each one's iman and amal, Ya Allah. Protect each one's jaan and mal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the life and wealth of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Protect the honor and dignity of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Islam, Ya Allah. Save us from following in the ways of the Yehud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those are any financial difficulties, Ya Allah, grant them afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Whatever difficulties, anxieties, sorrows, grief, depression and worry people are involved in, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, suffering from, Ya Allah, you give afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those of our parents who have passed away, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant them complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their covered gardens of Jannah for them, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those of our parents who are alive, Ya Allah, give barakat in their lives, barakat in their health. Ya Allah, give us a topic of serving them, Ya Allah, and earning Jannah through service to them, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, at the time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on Iman-e-Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbatan Nasuh, Ya Allah. 
Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Take our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us Jannah to fill those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah save us from the azab of Jannah, Ya Allah. Save us from the azab of Qabr, Ya Allah. Allahumma barik lana fi al-mawt. Ufima ba'ad al-mawt. Allahumma barik lana fi al-mawt. Ufima ba'ad al-mawt. Allahumma barik lana fi al-mawt. وفيما بعد الموت اللهم عنا على سكرات الموت وغبرات الموت اللهم عنا على سكرات الموت وغبرات الموت إله العالمين يحلى يسيب سمع عذاب الآخرة يا الله إله العالمين we don't deserve anything يا الله we acknowledge we don't deserve anything يا الله out of your grace and mercy grant us جنة الفردوس يا الله إله العالمين يحلى all the good that is taking place all the efforts of deen that is taking place according to حق يا الله Allah you accept it يا الله you make it a means of hidayat يا الله Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of siblings, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Whatever we should have asked for and did not ask, Ya Allah, you grant that as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sought refuge from, Ya Allah, protect us as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب